Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Sagebrush Spotlight Podcast. I'm your host, Patrick McNabb, here to recap the most recent news from the Nevada Sagebrush website. Don't forget to read all of the articles on the website to give the writers the credit that they're due, as well as in case I missed anything. With that being said, I'm your host, Patrick McNabb. Welcome to the Sagebrush Spotlight. Vice President of the United States Kamala Harris visited the campus of University of Nevada, Reno on a snowy April 18th morning to discuss reproductive rights with moderators Hillary Sheavey, Reno Mayor, and Rosario Dawson, an actress. University President Brian Sandoval announced on April 14th via email, which included a link for community members to RSVP for attendance. The event featured a group of speakers selected by the White House. Quote, I am beyond excited to announce that on Tuesday, April 18th, the University of Nevada, Reno will welcome Kamala Harris, Vice President of the United States to our campus. This is a historic official White House visit for our institution, said Sandoval in the email. The the event started with a short speech from Samantha Glover, a senior at the Davidson Academy and abortion advocate. She stated that young people have the most at stake in the national debate over bodily autonomy. Then Sandoval himself spoke to the audience. Quote, it's not often that our campus is the site of an official White House visit. We think that actually it might be the first official White House visit to our campus. So you're all a part of history today, he said. Next to the stage was Casey Wolf, counselor to the Secretary of Reproductive Rights, who advocated for bodily autonomy and accessible health care on a national level. Wolf believes citizens should not be required to rely on another state's policy to access reproductive health. A final guest to the stage was Nasser Paydar, the Assistant Secretary of Education for Post-Secondary Education. Quote, students need access to health care to thrive, and that includes access to reproductive care. Poor access could close doors to higher education, Paydar said. He emphasized how students' success relies on their health and ability to receive accessible reproductive health care. After a short intermission, the host introduced Shivi to the stage. Even though she has a nonpartisan stance, she explains her center position is because she values the freedom of choice. She stated that Nevada is poised to lead the way for reproductive rights and pointed out that many majority-led Nevada organizations, such as the Reno City Council, Washoe County Commission, and Nevada Legislature, are all currently majority female. Shivi then welcomed Dawson to the stage, who has acting accolades including Rent and Men in Black 2. Finally, Shivi and Dawson introduced Harris to the stage, who entered to a roar of applause and started off the talk by saying, quote, we are in many ways living in uncertain times. Harris recounted the various issues Americans believe were settled long ago, such as the overturning of Roe v. Wade, a landmark decision that was overruled by the Dobbs v. Jackson Women's Health Organization decision in 2022, which allows states to independently decide abortion policies. Quote, laws are being proposed around our country by extremist so-called leaders that would criminalize health care providers, laws that would punish women, laws that don't even make an exception for the violence and violation of rape and incest. Further into the conversation, Harris talked about how students are leading the efforts in abortion care and reproductive rights. Quote, some of the best moments in our country that have been about the expansion of rights have been led by students, Harris recalled. According to Shivi, when she asked people what they wished to see Harris talk about, they answered, Mifepristone, more widely known as the abortion pill. Harris indulged everyone to look in your medicine cabinet and imagine what it would be like to have medicine taken out of that cabinet by a political agenda. Harris told the story of Amanda, a Texan woman who went to the emergency room three times in need of reproductive care after a miscarriage. The hospital denied care until she developed sepsis, a life-threatening systemic infection. Harris addressed the concerns of pro-choice legislation breaching their First Amendment rights to practice their religion. Quote, this is not about converting people. 
It's just saying the government shouldn't be doing this, she said. Harris then reminded the audience the importance of an election in a democratic society, especially local elections. The conversation then shifts to gun control and violence, which Harris says is the number one killer of children in America. Additionally, Nevada is the site of the United States' deadliest mass shooting, the October 1 Harvest Festival mass shooting, where a gunman killed 60 people and wounded at least 400 others. Quote, we should have universal background checks because you might want to know if someone is a danger to themselves or others before you let them buy a gun. Red flag laws, said Harris. Harris then talked further about how students are scared to go into school or certain classrooms if there is not proper coverage for them. Quote, I talk to students, younger students in particular, they talk about, well, you know, I don't like going into fifth period because that classroom doesn't have a closet. Before wrapping up that conversation, Harris believes that gun control laws and the Second Amendment can exist at the same time. Quote, do it the Nevada way because you know how to get stuff done. To see important clips from this conversation, be sure to subscribe to our new YouTube channel, The Nevada Sagebrush. This story was written by The Nevada Sagebrush Editor-in-Chief, Copy Editor, and News Editor, Emerson Drews, Jessica Cabrera, and Lizzie Ramirez. With the conclusion of the news section, we're going to be taking a short break to catch our breath and reflect on the news. I'm your host, Patrick McNabb. You're listening to The Sagebrush Spotlight. After splitting this series with the Oregon State Beavers, the Wolfpack baseball team returned home for a three-game series against Mountain West rival the UNLV Running Rebels. Cade Morris, Nevada starting pitcher, struggled out of the gate for the first game. The Rebels tagged Morris for three runs in the top of the first from a few hits and a home run. Despite Nevada scoring one run in the bottom half of the first inning, the score stood 3-1 going into the second. However, by the end of the second inning, the Rebels brought the score up to 6-1, with the Wolfpack being able to do nothing to retaliate. UNLV continued to capitalize on their lead, putting up four more runs through five innings, leaving the score 10-1 by the top of the sixth. Morris left the mound and was followed by three more pitchers, Jordan Jackson, Clayton Ray, and Alejandro Murillo, none of whom could change the pace of the game, which was 11-1 going into the bottom of the eighth. Henry Schremecki, a Nevada outfielder, would come back with a two-run home run in the bottom of the eighth, followed by an unearned run by Dawson Martin going into the ninth inning 11-4. The Rebels won game one by a large margin of 11-4. Going into the second game, coach Jake McKinley gave the ball to Jason Doktorczyk, Nevada right-hand pitcher. Doktorczyk was the, exactly what the pack offense needed, leaving the second inning leading 2-1. However, at the top of the third, Rebel offense woke up scoring seven runs on seven hits and took a commanding lead of 8-2. They were able to enter the fourth inning with a seven-point lead, 9-2. Nevada would put up four more runs, ending the fourth inning 9-6. The game would go into a slight stalemate for the fifth and sixth innings until Nevada would put up another run in the seventh, leaving the score 9-7. At the top of the ninth inning, Dorsey Chapman, Nevada right-hand pitcher, would step on the mound and give the Rebels another run, going into the bottom of the ninth 10-7. The bottom of the ninth was a turnaround for the Pack, who were able to close the gap to 10-9 with runners on second and third. This double would turn into two home runs for Nevada, who ended the game 11-10 UNR. Casey Burfield, Nevada starting pitcher, was given the start in the third game against the Rebels. After one inning, the pack led 2-0. The Rebels would quickly answer, cutting the lead 2-1. But after two completed innings, the pack would still have the lead at 3-1. The bats again fell silent until the top of the fifth inning, where the Rebels would score three runs, putting them in the lead at 5-3. The pack would quickly put up another one, which would keep the score at 5-4 until the bottom of the seventh inning, where the score would be tied 5-5, sending the game into two extra innings. 
At the top of the 11th inning, the Rebels caught a second win, putting up four more runs, something that the Wolfpack could not answer to. This game ended with the Pack losing again, 9-5. This story was written by Nevada Sagebrush Volunteer Sports reporter Jalen Robinson. Students piled into the Joe Crowley Student Union on March 29th to see a night of wig reveals and death drops on a portable stage at the annual University of Nevada Reno Drag Competition. In its second year of rebound after the pandemic, the event puts student and local drag artists in the spotlight alongside a famous host. This year, the witty and wildly fabulous Mo Hart from, Ru from RuPaul's Drag Race Season 10 and All-Stars Season 4 made her entrance to a rousing cover of Jill Scott's Hate On Me in a stunning costume adorned with flowers and an even more stunning wig. She asked the crowd how many had never been to a drag show before and got a, quote, fairly substantial sea of hands, according to Nevada Sagebrush Arts and Entertainment editor Peregrine Hart. Students were encouraged to bring dollar bills to tip the drag queens as a source of payment and show gratitude to the performers. Mo Hart made it no secret that the purpose of drag is to support people within the LGBT community, saying, quote, people have always provided a safe space for ourselves. It is a stark contrast to the attacks and bans on drag performances within the last year. Just four weeks before the show, Tennessee Governor Bill Lee signed a bill into law criminalizing drag performances in public spaces. However, events like this also enabled new student performers to take the stage and hone their craft. One performer named Kitamine flipped the script and turned masculinity into a performance of button-up and jeans. Quote, I just wanted to do this for the first time, said Kitamine. Another student performer, Scott Lind, came next with their lip-sync performance of Victoria Monet's Coastin. A panel of judges watched over the competition to award winners in a student and local category. Scott Lind won the student category. To see a description of the rest of the drag queen's performances, be sure to read the article on our website, written by Peregrine Hart. And that's going to bring this episode of the Sagebrush Spotlight to a close. Don't forget to follow the Nevada Sagebrush on Instagram and Twitter at Nevada Sagebrush and me on Instagram at Patrick.McNab and Twitter at PatrickMcNab underscore. Also, don't forget to subscribe to our new YouTube channel, the Nevada Sagebrush. The next episode of the Sagebrush Spotlight will be out next Friday, April 28th. This week's Song of the Week is... Sweatpants by Childish Gambino. I've been your host, Patrick McNabb. Thanks for listening to the Sagebrush Spotlight. See ya.